0: Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 27.
1: So Brooke, you recently got an email from a listener that said, Hey Brooke, I would love to hear an episode on expectations on one of your podcasts. I'm really struggling right now. I constantly beat myself up when I upset people or let them down because I've made a conscious mindset change to put myself and my own needs before others, which means saying no or perhaps putting someone else out because I think I should be doing things differently. I know I'm not the problem. The problem is people's expectations of me, but how do I stop this horrible sick to my stomach feeling? I've never been happier to handball a question to you <laughs> till now, so take it away, Bucky.
0: <laughs> you haven't done any research or have you got quotes for
1: Kel, or anything? Oh, I've done research and there is stuff all on this. I've got to tell
0: you. I think there's I think that's because it's it's really tough. Like this is something that I think everyone struggles with. I know I certainly do and have, and probably less so now, but um still absolutely find myself with that feeling, that horrible, like sick to my stomach feeling of letting people down or saying no or making things harder for them. And it's not enjoyable. You know, it's really, it's really not. Uh, I think it sounds like, like this, this listener has got it, has their head in the right place yes. already. And I think that's honestly half the battle because she acknowledges that she's not the problem, like it's not her problem. As such, and that she's already made this this mindset shift really intentionally to live in a particular way and I really think that's the key to like learning to live with that feeling of you know people's expectations not matching up to your behavior is to understand that you know I, I to understand why you're choosing to say no or choosing to not do what you 've done previously or you know whatever it is, whatever way it is that you feel like you're letting people down, if you can tap into the reason why you're doing that or why you're not doing that, I think that's really important. I know that helps me when I'm coming to a a difficult decision or if I'm having to say no to somebody when, you know, the book of two years ago would have said yes blindly and then, you know, being overwhelmed and burnt out would have been my problem, whereas now I'm, I'm actually being able to look at you know, the, the reality of what I can do. And I'm saying no far more often. And like, I still find that really difficult, mm. but I find it much easier when I can, can look at the reasons why I'm saying no and understand that I'm doing it, uh, you know, to protect myself from burning out or being overwhelmed or overworked or overcommitted. Uh what about you, Kel? like, do you, do you struggle with, with expectations?
1: Um, yeah, I do. And I think, I was thinking about this a lot this morning and I was thinking there's a few things at play here. Um, so first of all, I think what happens for people like us is we set ourselves up for these expectations. So first of all, like expectations, so this is what my research showed up, like expectations aren't the worst thing in the world. They're actually a compliment. So if people have high expectations of you, it's a compliment. But that, at the same time, generally speaking, we also set ourselves up for people to have high expectations of us in that and mostly in that whole saying yes to anything that's asked of us kind of vein. And that's what I'm getting from from the listener that wrote in is that I suspect that in the past she's probably been that yes person and then come to the realisation that this is, not a good thing long term Mm. made the adjustments which is amazing but now she's kind of in that place of she's constantly disappointing people and having to deal with that disappointment um so i wrote a little i wrote a lot about this in practical perfection where one of the primary things that leads us to overwhelm in life is this fear of disappointing others. So photo close cousin to FOMO (laughs) Um, and it's, yeah, so it's this fear of disappointing other people. Um, And, you know, so there's one way of getting over that and that is to push yourself to the brink of obliteration like I did Um, at which point then you go, okay, this is no way to live and I've got to start saying no to people. Um, I don't recommend that. Like, you know, <laughs> I hope that the, this, that you, that this your your reader, our lis, uh, listener, um hasn't pushed, she hasn't made these lifestyle changes based on pushing herself to that degree. But certainly in pushing yourself that far, it then becomes a lot easier once you get in touch with your values and you what you call your why. It definitely becomes, uh, I wouldn't say it becomes easier to say no, but you feel um more justified yep. in saying no and uh, like the one thing so i think um liz gilbert might have said this once where she said you know once i started na- saying you know i was scared of saying no to people because i was afraid they'd um they wouldn't like me as much and they'd be really disappointed in me and she said what actually happened was yeah people didn't like her as much and they were really disappointed <laughs> in her <laughs> and then she discovered that that was not fatal so i think that's that might be the mind shift that needs to be made is like so i for a long long time had this real big fear of disappointing people so i never ever could do it but then once i started doing it i realized that the the major, major thing i realized was that people get over it really quickly unless you know some people don't but they're They're not the kind of people you probably need to be hanging around with um, unless they're family and then you're kind of stuck with them. But um, family expectations, that's a whole different kettle Mm. of fish I reckon. Um, But, yeah, what I found is, yeah, people did get over it so much quicker than I thought they would. Like, yes, they were disappointed. Yes, I felt guilty but they moved on so really quickly. Um, And then the extra bonus was is that that suddenly I was – making my boundaries much clearer so before I had no boundaries like literally none um and then once I started saying no my boundaries started becoming clearer people started asking less of me and expecting less of me so then I got to disappoint fewer people so it was quite a nice cycle to go through um do you
0: think it's something that you just have to practice saying no and and managing expectations
1: do you know what i this is another thing that i suggest like because i think um we get fixated on this thing of saying no and we think that we have to say we get worked up about the saying no in the moment and the way that i get around that because i think asking people to shift their whole way of working from being that real yes person to suddenly being someone that can say no in the moment is too much to ask And I get a little bit frustrated when I'd see you just got to learn to say no. And it's like, well, that's a lot easier said than done. (laughs) Um, So I developed like the whole, let me get back to you thing, which meant, so that became my standard response in the moment. So I never said no. And I never said yes. When someone put me on the spot, I would say, let me come back to you. Um, Other people go, oh, look, my diary is at home. Let me go check it and then come back to you. And that, to me, was the real, um, the real kind of game changer. Because saying no directly to someone face to face, and then having to deal with their disappointment face to face, is really difficult. And I would end up just going, "Oh, look, look no, it's it, it's okay. I can do it. I can do it." Yeah,
0: <laughs> just, that's me, yeah.
1: Yeah, and 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 so it was. It got to be a bit counterproductive. Whereas if I could say, "Let me get back to you." the first thing that did was tell that person that there would be a possibility of hearing a no from me. And then I could go away, look at that, whatever was being asked of me. And if I said yes, then I really meant yes. And if I said no, then I really meant no, but I never had to say no directly to someone's Mm. face. It was, I could say no via email and I could say no with, you know, just maybe a one line explanation type thing. And that, that made all the difference for me. And that and then it was the fact that I was then able to say no in that kind of roundabout way that allowed me to start managing people's expectations a bit better.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I've, I think we spoke about this at the beginning of the year and when you kind of suggested the idea of let me get back to you, yeah, it was like a light bulb moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> i like, I guess I don't have to give a response immediately and I've been employing that a lot this year. And it's still something that I'm not particularly great at. But to be able to give myself that buffer or that margin in which I can actually decide intentionally when I'm not on the spot, whether or not I'm going to commit to doing something has helped a lot. Like in just this past week, there's been like two situations that Brook of two years ago would have said yes to like, no problem. That's fine. Absolutely fine. Let's do it. Um, while like inside my head just screaming, yes, <laughs> just, don't do it, it just don't do it, <laughs> screaming inside my own head. And then I would have spent the next two weeks preparing for this thing that I have blindly committed to, stressing myself out, becoming overwhelmed. Instead, this week, twice in both those situations, I've said, "Let me get back to you," and in both those situations, I've actually said no uh, after I've after I've come back to it. And it's not easy. It's it's certainly not something that comes easily to me, but. It's um, like I know just in my gut that it's the right call to say no and that's yeah. generally enough, you know, that's that's all the, the kind of validation I need. When I go, how will I, when I ask myself, how will I feel once I make this decision? Yeah. How will I feel if I say no? And if my shoulders lift and I'm like, oh, my goodness, thank Thank God that's like that's done and not something I have to worry about, then obviously that's kind of the right call. A good
1: decision. It's like if you feel a sense of relief when you give yourself permission to say no, yep. then that's a really good telling factor, isn't it? And, you know, I, I really passionately believe this also works equally well for the things that you say yes to because it's so easy to, you know, say someone, I I spoke at an event on Tuesday, and when um, and I spoke about using these six words, and the organisers of the event went, "Hey, you use those words on us," (laughs) and I was like, "Yeah," because you know what? When you ask me to speak at your event, like my immediate reaction is yes, because you know I'm flattered and um, I feel validated in that the fact that you want me to speak at your event. But is that a good reason for me to say yes? No, it's Mm -hmm. not. So then, you know, I went away looked at you know all the very all all the variables and went yeah this is a great opportunity for me to reach people with my message and to and to speak because I love speaking um so then I was able to go back and say a wholehearted yes rather than that in the moment you know yeah yeah and then walk away and go oh did I just yeah did I just say that because I was flattered like I that's one thing um I don't know about other people, but I say a t- a yes to a lot of things simply because I feel flattered. Yeah. And I don't think that's ever a good reason to say yes to something. Like you got there's got to be a better, deeper reason than that. So yeah, that's my main, main kind of thing with managing people's expectations is is certainly like being able to walk away. Don't, don't put yourself in a position where you feel you have to give an answer in the moment. You don't have to give anyone an answer in the moment.
0: So, what about Never. in the situations where there's not a question being asked, no one's asking you to do something? There is simply just an expectation, an expectation. of you doing it, and it may be an unfair expectation. Uh, I'm thinking specifically, like in family situations or even social yeah. situations. Some friendship, like some friendships, sort of have <laughs> a tendency yeah. for assumptions to be made and expectations to be there. What would you suggest if the, there's no question, you don't have an opportunity to say no because no one's asking you anything, it's just simply an expectation.
1: Expectation of behaviour. Um, two things I would do here, like if I'm able to meet that expectation, even if it might be a bit higher than necessary, but I'm able to meet it and meeting it ensures the long you know i'm interested in the relationship being a long one Mm. um and i mean then i will probably meet it but i'll also like if things get to a certain point i'm pretty straight up kind of person i don't i tried not to let things simmer or you know resentment sit in my head so i'm that person that i'll kind of just be really upfront and say to the person look this i feel you have this expectation of me and I feel like I can't meet that expectation, and just have a conversation about it. And I find more often than not, whenever I've had those conversations, is either I'm wrong, like so I've created this expectation on behalf of that person, and they will go, "Oh n- no, I don't, don't feel like that at all," or, um, or they'll yeah, or they'll go, "Okay." Yeah, I can see that that's a bit unreasonable. But I reckon it's 50-50 mm. that I have felt that there's ex- expectation on me. Then I go talk to the person and they're like, oh, they're, they are genuinely, genuinely flabbergasted that I think they think that.
0: <laughs> Which really brings to mind the question of like, how much of these expectations are we constructing ourselves as well? Yeah. You know, and I think there is a big part of that, particularly if someone like our listener who, you know, is a people pleaser and wants to to do well in all things, you know, work and do right by family and friends and not let people down, yeah. Then I think some of that internal pressure kind of gets morphed into the a story that we tell ourselves about what people yeah. expect of us. <laughs> so I think there's there's definitely that part where it's important to ask both ourselves, if this really is an expectation that we're expected to meet or, you know, and then ask the the other person, the other people, whatever the situation is, what their expectations are and see if it's actually the same thing. And I think the other side of that is if there is an expectation and it's unrealistic and it's not one that you either want to or are able to meet, I think it's also important to understand that a lot of that comes from... The other person's frustrations and the other person's situation and their agenda and their, you know, the the pressures that they're feeling as well. Yeah. And at some point, you have to put your hands up and say, "This is actually not my problem." You yeah. Know, if, if you're looking at a, a work situation or even a family situation where this, for example, this person might be being pressured by someone else to do something, then they then turn around and pressure you to do something. At some point, you have yes. to just recognise that right now this this thing this situation is not my problem and i'm i'm going to say yes i'm going to say no i'm going to do what i can and that's it like i own it to that point and then i let it go
1: that's it i think yeah we've got to be careful not to take responsibility for other people's behaviors and that's why i'm a big fan of just having the very open conversation yeah. and just being upfront and going look this is where i feel yeah i feel that you have this expectation of me I don't feel like that's reasonable expectation, you know, talk to me about it, like, you know, and, or, you know, help me understand, like, where you're coming from, what are your pressures, because if I can understand your pressures, then maybe I can help in a way, you know, help in a different way that will ease those pressures and also help take the pressure off me <laughs> that you're putting on. And I, honestly, I people think, oh, these are difficult conversations and I, I just avoid difficult conversations because they they're too hard. Oh, I'm just a really big fan of them. You know you have to have you have to be in the right emotional space and you have to have the right a certain level of energy to tackle these things. and yes, it has to be the right time. But they're really, really important to do if they, and like I said, if it's for those relationships that are you know either family relationships or friend relationships that you know that you want to nurture and grow, if there's always this kind of that those expectations are a barrier and like I said I'll meet them to a certain degree if I understand where they're coming from so that's I think that's the the difference in the situation Mm. if I know where that person's coming from if I'm aware of the pressures that they're under I'll cut huge amounts of slack and I'll rise to meet a great deal more than probably I should um but then I also need to see that that person's doing something about the situation that they're in. If that makes any sense, we're getting like, <laughs>
0: getting no, like. I, I do understand. It's kind of, I, I guess there's there's. It's like a lot of things that we talk about. There's sort of seasons to managing expectations as well. I think like yeah. if someone is under pressure in whatever situation, and you've decided that that relationship. Is a priority in your life. You know, your priorities in life might be might be family. It might be finding good work. It might be you know volunteering. Like you've got a handful of handful of priorities, and you recognise that family is one of them. And a member of your family is is struggling. You know, they're under pressure, and as a result, they're putting pressure on you because that's a priority. You can, as you say, go above and beyond for a period of time, but you know, not to make it a habit and a, a continuous situation of. of sort of meeting and exceeding expectations and then setting up this kind of this cycle of people expecting more and more of you so I think it's almost a boundary
1: thing, yeah isn't it,
0: that we set up in our minds too
1: well yeah I really love that season thing because I see that in my own family like say, so I used to be the organizer and the you know the person that got people together and remembered everyone's birthdays and organized gifts and now my sister is I think as I got busier with running businesses, et cetera, um, my sister kind of took over that mantle. And of course, now the expectation in the family is that she deals mm. with all that stuff. And I'm sure there's going to be a point that she reaches where she goes, you know what, you guys, I need <laughs> someone else to step up here because I've been doing this for the last 10 years. And so, and hopefully, when she finds herself in that situation, um, she'll be able to speak up and go, okay you know, I need to pass this on to someone else or I need you guys to dial back your expectations. I've got three school aged kids and they're taking up more of my time than I than they did when they were younger. But, so those kind of things. So yeah. yeah, I definitely feel that your seasons theory applies equally to that as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so I do have um, a good quote here, and as that, that, not to finish up, this is just a good quote, and because um, I saw it somewhere when I was doing my research, it said the biggest unrealistic expectation we have is that people shouldn't have unrealistic expectations, <laughs> and, that, and I thought that was so true because yeah, it's just life, it's just humans, um, it's it comes from no, none of us have all the information at hand, we're all we're all telling ourselves stories about ourselves. We're all telling s- stories about other people. And so I think like, yeah, if we have this consciousness about the stories that we are telling, that we are putting out there, that we are putting onto other people um, and use those as a starting point for discussion rather than assuming. I think a lot of expe- expectations pr- come from assuming. Yes, And I think yeah. that that's why I I am a big fan of, if things get to a point where I'm frustrated or starting to feel resentful rather than continuing to feel frustrated and resentful, I'll just, yeah, I'll just tackle it head on. And that's, I mean, that's my personality. I'm kind of a never die wandering person. I would like, I would never sit there and go, if only I'd said something like that will never be me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's, that's a really good point though, because in my mind, assumption and expectation are basically interchangeable yes. and they don't need to be, you know, um, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, some uh, expectations rather are, are largely made up. Yeah. And that's where, like you say, a frank conversation can pretty much clear the air so that you can start talking about what's realistic.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, a few tips from Life Hacker with regard to, I guess, managing expectations, both those of other people and our own. Um, I really like this one because this is something I never used to do, and that's keep your promises, but be aware of exceeding them. Mm. So I said, this used to be my my hallmark. Like, I couldn't. The standard I held myself to was that I could never ever simply meet an expectation. I had to exceed it every single time in every area of my life. Um hot tip, that's not sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out there. Um it's yeah. So I I think this number one tip is brilliant. Like just do what you say you'll do, because just in simply doing what you say you'll do, you're distinguishing yourself. You you just don't need to go above and beyond every time you do something. Like honestly, people are so used to being let down. Like if you just simply say that you'll do something and then you actually do it, people will think you're amazing. You, you don't you do not need to go one step beyond that. Um, I've already, already mentioned talk to others to clarify their expectations, which is um, a key one. Mm. Um, and then I threw this one in at the end. Um, this is something I kind of that kind of got teased out when I was writing Practical Perfection, and that's like we just need to get better at practicing self-compassion and cutting ourselves slack. Yeah. So, you know, yes, we're disappointing people, but let's cut ourselves some slack by not taking on their disappointment.
0: That's right. I've got written here like repeat after me, not my <laughs> problem. <laughs> you know you know what i mean like it's, it's, yeah we just cannot take on everyone else's assumptions expectations or desires or you know like whatever their reason is for expecting what they do like that we can't take that all on we just we we cannot do that um yeah i i agree uh, with the idea of getting better at practicing that self-compassion i mean and that's something i used to have and continue in some ways to have really high expectations of myself probably higher than anyone else would have of the same thing of me uh and i've just been practicing over the past few years to be okay with things just being okay you know and to be okay with not always delivering 100 percent and like that's we're imperfect and you know sometimes i think i don't like the idea of saying cutting corners but sometimes you got to cut corners you know and even if it's just a matter of letting things go for a bit longer or, uh, you know, being okay with, with, with kind of, you know, mediocrity makes me feel sad. But <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so obviously I'm still struggling with it.
1: <laughs> but do you know what I mean? That, like, yeah, I almost think we have to rank all the things in our lives and we have to look at this list of things that we're trying to be ace at and go, okay, these things at the top, that's where I'm going to continue to hold myself to a high standard, these things that are like super mega important to me. And then these things at the bottom, like I just can't. I have to be realistic. I can't be amazing at all of these. So these things at the bottom, yep. good enough, we'll have to do. And again, 99% of the time, unless you're a brain surgeon or a <laughs> I don't know, rocket man, like 99% is pretty good, yep. I reckon.
0: <laughs> yeah no I, I I agree and again it all it so often comes back to priorities and values and knowing your why yeah and kind of putting the weight like the bulk of your efforts into those things and understanding that saying yes to those key things means saying no or saying not right now or saying like yeah you get ten percent of my time to these other things which are, are sort of on the on the outer a bit and like accepting that that's not only okay, but that's probably where you're going to find contentment and not lose your mind with, you know, with, with yeah. expectations and, and trying to, I don't know, trying, trying to meet these unrealistic ideals.
1: And I reckon like we spoke about regret a couple of episodes ago and I almost look at this situation and go, okay, so when you say no to someone and they're really disappointed, do you regret saying no or do you regret that they're disappointed? Yeah. And if you're if all your regret is the fact that they're disappointed that's a that's a key taking on other people's feelings and making them yours and that's something that you can take out of your life with it does take practice um this is something i used to, I used to take on responsibility for everybody in the world's feelings mm. um and it it took practice, but I'm much better now at going you know. It's not quite a not my circus, not my monkey situation, but it is kind of close.
0: Yeah. No, that's funny because I, I was going to, to kind of quote that, that little <laughs> saying. I'm like, but that's not quite what we're getting at. Like that's, you know, that, that's sort of a step further removed. But I really like that. Ask yourself yeah. whether or not you regret saying no or regret not living up to the expectation or if you just regret the person's response. And I think they're two very different things, one of which you can do something about, one of which you can't. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag LetItBePod, or uh, head over to LetItBe.fm, and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt you know the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful, and um, you know we we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. your ears. who is that hi puck pass